Welcome to another episode of A Curious Mind. I'm one of your hosts, Mike. And I'm Sylvester. And what are we talking about today, Sly? So this is our part two of a three-part series as we talk about the reopening plan for this upcoming fall. Today we feature an interview with a repeat guest, Elaine Griffin. Uh, she talks about all the steps that are being taken in the middle school to ensure a safe return um, this fall. Mike, was there anything about this interview that stood out to you? Yeah, I liked our, our first two-time guest um, and we, we kind of had a baseline from our interview about a month or two ago when we did a um, check-in with the online learning of the middle school. And so we had a deeper understanding of what that looked like compared to um, you know, the online option of what we're gonna offer in the fall. But really um, the biggest takeaway for me was all the different moving parts that she had to take into consideration with the middle school, with planning for keeping their kids safe healthy and here on campus and so you figure in the middle school you have teachers that are content specific and so the kids are still traveling between classes and how do they take that cohort mentality and make it work from a scheduling perspective from lunches perspective um, and i think they've come up with a really um, creative and comprehensive plan for the fall um, but I was just really impressed with all the things that they had to take into consideration before unveiling the plan um, for both in-person and online. And it was really impressive even the, the changes they've made to their online platform compared to when we checked in with her back in the spring. But what about you? What was your biggest takeaway? I'm just impressed at all the work that's been put into this plan and every day it seems to be evolving and getting better and better. And um, just from talking to Elaine, both on the interview and, and offline, just the amount of thought that she is putting behind everything. And just happy to hear that our faculty are rising to the challenge. I mean, it's a different year, different type of um, learning environment than our faculty are accustomed to. You know, we, we usually have pods and project-based learning in our middle school. Now we've got rows of seats. And it sounds like the faculty are trying to figure out creative ways to rise to the challenge. And it seems like, you know, they're not scrambling, they're being thoughtful and they're making contingency plans. And so, I mean, this is really showcasing how outstanding our faculty um, are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for, for what it's gonna look like, um, but I just, I guess a lot of our parents, I think are um, assured that, that we're gonna be planned out either way for whether in person, online, if we go virtual, any of that. So. I think it was great to just check in with her again. Uh, we might have her on again and again because she's uh, such a great resource for everything going on here at USM. But we're excited for you to hear an uh, in-depth look at what the fall is going to look like in the middle school. And here's our interview. So we have Elaine Griffin, our head of middle school. How are you doing today, Elaine? Great. Thanks for having me back. So Elaine, we had you on in the spring, right in the thick of the pandemic and COVID, and you talked a little bit about the middle school's response to the virtual environment. Um, Elaine just wrapped up her first year um, as the head of middle school. Elaine, like, you know, it's been a crazy year. Tell us about, you know, what has it been like since our last interview um, with you back in the spring? We feel like we have made a lot of progress. You know, when we were working over spring break and at, at university school, that's in March, 
we never thought that we would spend the entire fourth quarter online. And so when our teachers returned from spring break and their first day back was with online classes, they were doing those classes as day teachers. And we have sent everybody to training so that they could learn both about their discipline as well as best practices for online teaching. And I think when we come back in the fall, uh, you know, again, we're, we're thinking, we're at this point planning on a full reopen, but we're thinking there could be rolling closures if we're uh, shut down by the state. And if so, our teachers will go into those experiences much more prepared. And could you, Elaine, maybe could you talk about some of the um, adjustments that would take place virtually compared to some of the things we did in spring? And now that we've kind of had a, a moment to take a a deep collective breath and reevaluate what virtual might look like. So if we do go virtual at some point, what would that look like in the middle school? What are some of the enhancements from the spring? Mm -hmm. So what we'd like to do is lengthen the classes slightly. We're thinking that we would go from 30 minutes to 40 or 45 minutes. And what we saw is, you know, when we designed the schedule, best practices um, suggest that a middle schooler can attend an online class for about 30 minutes before feeling maybe um, diminishing returns. But with connectivity issues, you know what it's like to get onto a Zoom meeting. Sometimes you don't get on right away. We also wanted to make time for that personal connection, that check-in with the students, and also to provide clarity at the end of the class about next steps because so much of the learning is self-directed learning. And so we really needed that extra time, not for lecture, not for more content, but really for the personal connection and also just to make sure that the class could, um, could be, uh, you know, could, could move forward seamlessly and, and teachers would have enough time. The other lessons learned were that we wanna send students home with course packs. We haven't been a course pack school, but we know that so much of our middle school learning is customized. Teachers have their own units that are maybe based on books that they're reading or extensions of units in a book. And they didn't have any of those things in students' hands when students left over spring break. And so what they're doing is they're spending the summer creating um, those handouts, making those print-offs. We know some students don't have printers. And so if they can provide those course packs in the beginning of the year, the students will be able to pivot to online learning and have the ancillary materials they need. We also had office hours built into the schedule in the, in the spring with the idea that students would need extra support from their teachers. And we're going to try to make those um, more heavily utilized by students by communicating with parents about how office hours are not just simply I'm done with school, but it's really an opportunity for students to get the extra support that they need in order to have a positive experience. Um, you know, I would say generally, we started at the very end of the year to experiment, experiment with class meetings via um, Google Meet. We started to experiment with more um, advising instruction. And those things have been really successful. You can do a great class meeting about, you know, your eighth grade closing ceremony or about, you know, the musical or, or about, um, you know, making the spring play. You can do those meetings over Zoom very well. Okay. Uh, Elaine, just from my experience, knowing how, how heavy the middle school 
um, has a focus on project-based learning. How will that project-based philosophy kind of translate into the possible virtual environment um, this fall? We're really going to focus on, <clears throat> well, Sly, may I ask a, a clarifying question? Do you mean sure. how project-based learning would translate into on-site learning this fall or into virtual learning this fall? Into virtual learning. Sure. So what we've found is that actually those office hours were really great for students to meet within groups. So rather than that expend class time, it was kind of a value added because teachers could say, I'm going to use all the class time for the large group instruction. And then I'm going to say to my students, when we have office hours, you need to meet with your groups on a link and get the work done. And I also have really enjoyed the, um, for example, Zoom, I'm sure both of you have used its small breakout session feature. And that's a really great feature. A teacher in the middle of a class can say, okay, now let's, let's circle up into our groups. Let's accomplish what you have at hand. And then we'll come back to the large group. So I think that the technology is there to support that, whether it's partner work or group work, and then you can seamlessly transition back into the classroom, full class environment. Okay. Well, and I think, you know, a lot of these, these online platforms, we're lucky that we have some of those resources and some of that technology, but I know the school is focusing a lot of time right now talking about what the fall is going to look like for our in-person option for all of our families. So could you do a, um, just kind of a general overview of, of what in-person learning in the middle school, I think you guys are in a unique situation where um, compared to like the lower school where, where I typically focus, they have homeroom teachers, there's less movement throughout the day and they're still gonna be creative with all of that, but you have to be really creative in the middle school when you have content specific instructors that need to see these kids. So what is kind of the, the middle school's plan for what their in-person is gonna look like? So we're starting with the three W's, the washing of hands, the watching your distance, and the wearing of masks. And we have also gone into all of the classrooms to socially or physically um, distance all of the desks. We've changed out large teacher desks in some cases to do that with smaller desks. We've removed bookcases. So we have in fact made our classrooms much larger and therefore safer for students. We've also done things like, um, you know, <clears throat> put in plexiglass uh, between students who are lab partners in science classes so that they can work more in tandem with one another on those things. We put plexiglass on teachers' desks so that students can come up and ask them questions very comfortably. So on a physical level, we have really prepared the classroom spaces for safe interactions. As far as the changing of the classrooms, we think that's really important, not only for what you said, Mike, about how we have discipline-specific teachers, but middle schoolers love to move. They need to move. And so getting them into a fresh environment every period is really important to us. And that means that their teachers will wipe down their desks with sanitizing um, liquid when they leave a classroom and stu students will be uh, sanitizing their hands upon entry into a new classroom. It means that we'll stagger our locker access so that students can still use their lockers, but they will 
um, never be right next to another student when they're accessing those lockers. It also means that we'll stagger the exchange from classes. So for example, our fifth and, and seventh graders who are on entirely different hallways will be permitted to leave their classes and then we'll use a bell system. And then our other students, um, our sixth and eighth will leave their classrooms. So we're gonna do as much as we can in the hallways with signage, with samples about how far away six feet is from the next person to monitor students distance from one another. And we're also gonna be very clear that we know kids need mask breaks and that our, we are changing our uniform actually. The middle school has never permitted tennis shoes in our winter uniform. And this year we are because we know that if a teacher looks at our students and they look tired, they look like they need a, a, a chance to take off their mask and get some fresh air, then you know what? Academics will serve the health needs of the class and the teacher will take the students outside for that needed break. So we're, we're really doing everything we can to make this as safe as possible. Elaine, um, what's the plan for lunch? I, I know we have a long tradition of uh, family style dining and, and students assigned to tables, but obviously with social distancing and, and precautions, what will lunch look like in the middle school? So I've met with our, uh, our representatives from our lunch staff. It's, uh, their organization is called Flick. And what they'll be doing is uh, training us to use an online app so that a student can in fact order lunch for the whole week and we'll have a, a, a number of choices as far as things like wraps and sandwiches and carts will come to the advising room. So students will eat in their advising rooms. And then after lunch, students will go out to recess. We think that um, these lunches are going to be, um, you know, they're gonna be special in the sense that it's not just going to be every day you get a ham or a cheese sandwich. They're going to be interesting. You know, maybe you'll have a Caesar salad choice one day. Maybe you'll have a panini choice the other day. Maybe you'll be able to do, um, you know, seasonal choices such as a, a fresh mozzarella, basil and tomato sandwich. So we're, we have a real confidence that our, that our staff will be able to make the lunch choices uh, interesting and offer a variety, even though they'll be delivered to the classrooms. And Elaine, you, you, in, in segueing, um, back in the spring when we last talked to you, you talked about how when you reflecting on the virtual experience, how it was good that you guys got the meat, like you got the dinner um, set for the, the students. The vegetables, yes. You got the vegetables in terms of their academic needs, but what you're missing was the dessert. Um, like extracurriculars, co-curriculars, activities, and things like that. What is the plan as of today to make sure the students have those um, dessert options either during the school day or after school um, with their peers? Well, we're very committed to running recess. So re recess will be at grade level so that students are in grade level cohorts, whether they're out on the turf or out on the playground. We also learned a lot of lessons from having our theater, uh, our, our spring play go online. And we know we can do that successfully. So we're already making plans if need be for an online production of our fall musical. 
we are looking at um, ways to, to run clubs. We were able to do that quite successfully uh, online in the spring. And we know that some of those clubs that were invented want to continue. So with safety parameters in place, we think we can do that. And even with athletics, you know, I was worried because there's so many schools in Milwaukee that are closing. And I was talking with our athletic director, you know, what do you do if there aren't any teams, even if, if USM is open? Well, in the middle school, we've had a lot of success with intramurals. So that's an option that we're exploring is expanding that intramural program so that students have the chance to progress as athletes and also to make those connections with students who might, who, you know, who, who they want to have deeper connections with outside of the classroom. And Elaine, so, you know, throughout, I remember when we talked again back in the spring, we were talking about your faculty and, and some of the impressive and creative things that they were doing to make online um, so a success for our middle school students. But, you know, I think even more creatively now in the fall when when we're just, you know, the, un the unknowns are, are there, what are some of the things that you've been impressed by with your faculty throughout all this in terms of maybe flexibility to move classrooms um, if they're physically switching their classroom space or um, just different different things that they're kind of bringing to the table that are being showcased right now um, when they're rising to the occasion. I've been very impressed with how much our faculty was able to learn about technology when they were teaching online during fourth quarter. And they have created shared websites with one another where they have given tutorials in aspects of technology that they've become quite expert in just by you know, trial and error and practice. So there's been a terrific collaboration. And I think that teachers will use technology on site in the classroom much better. And I think they'll be better teachers to one another. I also think, you know, in regards to asking teachers to, to move, you know, teachers in the middle school have very personalized classrooms. They don't share their classrooms with anybody else. Their desks are in those classrooms. Old student projects serve as models. Students are usually in pods. And they have completely been on board with taking so much out. So much of our halls right now in the middle school are filled with storage items because teachers have wanted to socially distance students in their classrooms and have really given up. Um, so many of, of the things that are, are part of making their classroom personal to them. And they've done so, I think, with such a good and positive attitude, really showing that students are first and, and how you decorate your classroom is second. The other thing I think teachers are, are very good at is thinking, how can I create collaboration when students are in rows? So for example, conversation. We think having those students on site is such a gift because we miss them. We haven't seen them in months. And so being able to do um, inquiry-based discussion in rows, we can do it at university school. We know we can. We, we run very small classes. Every student will have a voice at the quote unquote tables that they're at. So I think that they're creative in their approach. And I haven't had any teacher come to me and say, how am I going to do this? Instead, they come to me and say, I've got a lot of ideas for next year. I, I really want us to open on site. They want to see the students so badly. And Elaine, I know we're offering, you know, the in-person option, but we are offering families the virtual option. What is your sense of how that virtual option will look for a family, especially because um, we've installed the 360 degree 
cameras in the classroom and we've added technology. You know, if a family or a student is doing the virtual experience, what will their middle school experience um, be like? Will they ever be on campus? Like what um, are, are some things that they'll be able to get involved with? How will they be integrated into the classroom? Um, tell us a little bit more about that, that side of the experience. So we're gonna use a model that was very successful when I uh, worked in the upper school as the assistant head. And what would happen is the student would attend the class. So basically dial into the class, but they would be assigned a buddy in that class to make sure that they were able to dial in and that they knew what was going on and they kind of had an advocate. So if the teacher couldn't hear that they had a question, they had somebody sitting right next to them saying, oh, you know, Heather has a question. But you're right, with owls, with the OWL technology, students will be able, if they're attending online, to hear a quiet person in the back of the classroom ask a question. They'll be able to follow the writing on the board as the teacher is uh, giving instruction uh, at the smart board. So we, we think that <clears throat> what we'll be able to do is add a discernment to the online attendance for students. The added thing that we're doing in the middle school, because we have younger learners than in the high school, is we're assigning each of those remote learners an advocate. We're calling them the liaisons. And those liaison teachers are two of our teachers that currently are uh, in our ARC program, our academic resource program, who work with students who have learning differences. And those teachers will primarily, because they know the middle school curriculum backwards and forwards, be able to provide some guidance. Uh, with, with those particular students, meeting with them every day, checking in with their teachers about assignment completion, checking in with their parents, making sure that the parents understand expectations and are satisfied with the program. And those two teachers, those liaisons, are very committed to the iterative design process. And that is talking with families and students about what's working and what's not working as a remote learner in the system, and then tweaking and doing the redesigns that we need to to make that, make that experience for the online learner better. It seems like there's a lot. <laughs> on the agenda for this upcoming school year, and you're definitely going to be busy. Um, just one final question for you, Elaine. Um, in all your years of, in education, obviously this is a unique time, but are there anything that you've seen in these last several months in our school's response to the COVID crisis or just in education in general that you see still being um, something that you would wanna implement in a post-COVID um, environment. So are there any lessons that you've taken from this experience that you're like, you know what, this is a new way of doing education. I, I think we'll retain this. Has there been any moments like that for you? Mm -hmm. So we have, we've had students, for example, that have attended university school and maybe they've been very committed to horseback riding, or maybe they've been very committed to hockey. And we have always looked at those requests when, when students have said, hey, listen, I, I need to leave for two months to train in Florida. We've always looked at those students as outliers and then those requests as something that would be difficult to manage. And, and we've managed it just fine, but the students had to fill out paperwork, there had to be a meeting. And I think what we've learned from this experience is that with teachers who are trained in online work and students who understand how to manage it and have some experience with it, that those situations can become more um, more sort of a, a, an acceptable um, integrated experience at university school that we're set up that we can say yes 
that we think it can work because we've seen students who, um, all students, right, at all levels attend our school online and have a lot of success. Great. And, you know, I guess one final thought here, Elena, I know this is a loaded kind of question or, or open-ended, but, you know, a lot of the work that you and the leadership team have done for this reopening plan has impressed a lot of area parents, families, um, which is leading to new students for the fall, which is great for a school and they're great students. But with parent access being kind of limited um, in the fall, and normally it's one of those things where, you know, Sly or myself can walk parents in and they can see it and they can say, wow, this is great. This is amazing. But now without that piece, what's one thing that you would want any newly enrolled parent in the middle school to know about our middle school at University School of Milwaukee? I know there's lots of things, but what's one thing that you would tell them um, about our school if they can't physically come in and see it themselves that you want them to know? Well, I think the fortunate thing about, uh, the one thing about the middle school that stands out is not facilities driven. We are mm -hmm. a relationship driven middle school. And <clears throat> what, I, what I would also want them to know is that yes, we've limited parent access, but you may always meet by appointment with anyone in this building at any time. And so I invite any new families who have not met me or who have not met uh, middle school teachers to make the appointment, to come in, to say hello. We have safety measures in place to have guests on campus. We just can't host a lot of people. But I do think that, again, that relationship first component is the thing that's made visible when you walk around the middle school and see what advising looks like in the morning, what recess looks like. When you see students interacting with their teachers in classrooms, there's a lot of laughter in the middle school. Kids make mistakes in the middle school. They, um, you know, there's no normal in the middle school. I, I can share very quickly that, you know, the, the growth rate between zero and two is very similar from the growth rate between fifth and eighth grade. And what I love about this is that, um, I always tell parents, there's no normal in the middle school. It's all normal. It's such a huge growth uh, period for students. And you really get to see that in action. And that's, a, that's, modif that's um, what it's, it's magnified, I guess, by really supportive relationships between students and other students, between teachers and students, between advisors and students. And we're so proud of that in the middle school, but I do invite any parent in who would like to come in and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Great, thank you. And I'm sure the kids will, once those relationships are being fostered, they'll uh, they'll probably tell you know mom and dad all about it and, and their experience with the teachers as well. So Elaine, we really appreciate it. You know, the fall has a lot of unknowns, but it sounds like the middle school is really prepared for whatever lies ahead. So thank you for uh, sharing the plan with us today. Thank you very much. It was an honor to be on the program again. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Special shout out to Elaine for joining us today. The Curious Mind is brought to you by University School of Milwaukee. If you wanna learn more about the USM experience or our reopening plan in the middle school, please visit our website at www.usmk12.org. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive updates, resources, interviews, and please, if you find the time, please rate us. <laughs> See you next time.